Welcome to the Car Project Podcast, where we equip you to understand and study the Bible and find joy along the way. We're so glad you're here. We're back with the Car Project. I'm Heather. I'm Sarah. And we're on day four of our 12-day journey through the Christmas story. We're doing bite-sized episodes that are coinciding with our Hope Have Come cards. These are cards that are downloadable and printable from our website for you to be able to experience the Christmas story either on your own or with your family. And we're excited because day four is focused on the story of Joseph. Sarah, where do you want to bring us today? Well, with Joseph, we're actually going to jump over to Matthew's gospel, an account of the Christmas story. The first three days so far, we've been in Luke's account, Mm -hmm. and this time we're going to switch over to Matthew. And the question that I want to highlight from our CARA Bible study guide is about, it's an author question. And really, when we ask about the author, we want to know what was the author's purpose. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And there's several ways that you can determine an author's purpose. One of them is simply by looking at really the structure of the book. But for today, we're going to look at really how did they start off mm-hmm. the, the gospel? Like, what would they hi- what did they highlight right off the get-go, okay. right? And so when we do that, we see that Luke begins his gospel. If you've been following along, he tells the story of two miraculous births, starting with John, and then, and then we move into Jesus. But Matthew begins with a genealogy mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah, ancient biographies, um, in this sense, that's what, what really Matthew is trying to do here at the beginning of Matthew, is a biography of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's typically mm-hmm. beca- uh, begins with gene- genealogies to show noble lineage was like the one of the one reasons why they did it. But for this was also to remind the Jewish people of God's sovereignty. This is what Matthew's trying to do. He's trying to show God's sovereignty over marriages, over children. It's um, it's telling a story, even though it's usually the part we skip over uh, quite often when we when right. we read Matthew. It is, <laughs> but I think you're right, and I think that's what we see Matthew doing really in the first seventeen verses of his gospel. I'm going to just read one okay. Matthew one one. Check this out. It says, An account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So Matthew, right off the bat, traces Jesus' lineage back to David, back to Abraham. Why? Mm. Why are those so significant? Well, we want to consider who Matthew was writing to. Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience, and because of that, he's including details that would have been important to them. Mm-hmm. So today, let's explore just a couple of those details. Okay. Let's highlight a couple of those as we dive into Joseph's story. The first thing I want to highlight is that that Joseph, well, actually, that Matthew highlights, mm-hmm. is that Joseph was from the house of David, and therefore his son Jesus was a son of David. In fact, as you read Matthew's uh, gospel, you see that phrase being a son of David repeated, I think about 10 times throughout the gospel, which is simply highlighting that this fact, this little detail is very, very important. And it's important because the Jews were looking for a promised Messiah who would be from the house of David. And the reason they were looking for this is because there were prophecies in the Old Testament in 2 Samuel 7, 16, and in Isaiah 9, 7, these prophecies foretold that the Messiah would be a descendant of David. So they're looking for this. Yeah. And so Matthew's really trying to make it clear that Jesus satisfied the requirement for the coming Messiah. His purpose was to, you know, Matthew's purpose here is to show that Jesus is in fact the Messiah. 
That's exactly right. Cool. Yes. So first detail that a Jewish audience would have would have heard would have been important to them was that Joseph was ha- from the house of David, which means his son Jesus was a son of David. Okay. Second detail that I think Matthew is highlighting here, and as we move into our Christmas story today, is that Joseph was a righteous man, and that Jesus had a virtuous birth and upbringing. This would have been important in a genealogy, in a biography of someone important. Very. Yeah. So Matthew includes details of Jewish laws and customs that we might miss today. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into our Christmas story, beginning in. In Matthew 1, verse 18 and 19, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And this is confusing. They were engaged, they're not married, yet Joseph is intending to divorce her. What's going on here? Right. It is a little bit confusing. <laughs> there's there's some historical insights that really helps that I pulled out of study Bibles and commentaries. Okay. So let's dive into that a little bit. Being pledged to be married back in Mary and Joseph's day was quite different than it is today. A betrothal was much more binding than an engagement that we might think of in you know Western culture mm-hmm. today. Um, an engagement, uh, it included an exchange of financial agreements between two families, and only a divorce or a death could actually break a betrothal. And according to Jewish law and custom, a man was actually expected to divorce an unfaithful wife or, uh, or, or an unfaithful fiancé. Fiance. And actually, in this case, if a, if a woman was unfaithful during their time of betrothal, it was considered adultery. Wow. And so he was expected to, to divorce um, to divorce Mary in this case. He had grounds to divorce Mary because at this point, Joseph is assuming that her unfaithfulness, she's pregnant, they weren't married, that she, he was assuming that she was unfaithful. Mm. Okay. Um, not only that, but Joseph would have actually benefited from a divorce in a couple of ways. He would have benefited financially. So a Jewish man who divorced an unfaithful wife, he could keep any of the money or gifts, the dowry that her her family might have given him. Right. Also, he was entitled to a refund, really, of any money that he may have paid the father as a bride price. Wow. So through a divorce, because of unfaithfulness, Joseph could have benefited financially, but his reputation also was at stake here. And he would have benefited by divorcing her and breaking off the engagement, would have saved his reputation, but would have ruined hers. Yeah. Uh, but how, so I'm curious, Heather, how in, in verse 19, how does, how is the text describe Joseph? It says he's uh, faithful to the law. Yeah. And so that's the NIV translation. Yeah, it is. And I, I, most of the other translations that I looked at actually describe Joseph as being just or as being righteous, which I, I kind of prefer those translations on in this case. Um, so, but because Joseph was a just man, a righteous man, he decided to divorce her quietly or privately. Well, and I, that's great because in doing so, he's actually saving her from public yeah. disgrace or any shame, which in that culture, you know, that shame culture was, it was big there. Honor yeah. and shame was huge. Yeah. No, that that's right. And and so when we begin to understand some of these Jewish laws or Jewish customs, we begin to see Joseph's character Mm. and his righteousness kind of stand out here. But thankfully, before he follows through with this plan to divorce her quietly, God intervenes. And so let's pick back our story back up in uh, verse 20. It says, 
But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So Matthew actually repeats this fact twice, that that Mary was pregnant uh, from the Holy Spirit. This is the second time he's repeated this in just these three short verses. So I think Matthew is wanting to make it very, very clear here to the audience as well as to Joseph, right, that, that Mary had not been unfaithful, that this pregnancy, this birth of Jesus was nothing short of a miracle. And this is what, uh, actually, we're going to kind of leave you here with a, a cliffhanger today before we understand how Joseph responded. Well, wait, what, what's, you know, what is Joseph going to do? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, right. But no, it's, I mean, it sounds like Joseph really did have an easy way out. He had every reason to mm-hmm. divorce Mary and avoid this um, disapproval and shame of, of others. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so there is a nice little cliffhanger you're leaving us on. There is. There is. But thankfully, um, God did intervene. And this through a dream, this angel tells Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, Mm -hmm. you know, like kind of letting him know that God is sovereign and he is at work with a much, much bigger plan and that Mary would give birth to a son and that he was to name him Jesus. That's really cool. So uh, this uh, kind of leads right into our question for today. Uh, It makes me ponder, well, what would you do in this situation, right? I mean, kind of balancing, what do we do? Do we we fear God or do we fear man? I think Mm -hmm. that's what I see that Joseph is facing, really. Absolutely. Um, And so a question to kind of to ask to all of you is, has there been a time that uh, when you obeyed God at a cost to your own reputation or even financial gain, Mm. or maybe you're even facing that decision right now, and if, if so, uh, hopefully Joseph's story can help because we see that Joseph put Mary's reputation ahead of, ho- ahead of his own and Joseph obeyed God's will ahead of his own as well. And that's a little bit of a spoiler alert. We're going to get into that tomorrow into day five. Yeah, day five. But, you know, here we are learning that God is sovereign, um, meaning God can orchestrate all the details of our life, even the ones that we don't mm-hmm. see going according to our plan, which we see in Joseph's story pretty mm-hmm. clearly today. Right. Ultimately, God is in control. He is sovereign throughout every generation. And Matthew highlights this in in the birth of Jesus, Jesus, the son of David, the promised Messiah who would save us from our sins. Matthew is wanting to make this clear right away. Right away. I love that. Well, thanks, Sarah, for bringing the story of Joseph to life for us. We will be continuing on day five as we talk about the journey of the story of Christmas and go into a, a deeper side of Joseph's story. Make sure to join us for that. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you for listening. To learn more about The Car Project, visit us at thecarproject.com. This podcast is listener supported. So if you'd like to support, head on over to our website and click give.